Well, all right. Happy Thursday, gentlemen. Hey. It hello, is episode hello. 28. 28. Wow. No. You should check it out. No. Seven yeah. times four. We are half. We are halfway to 56. Holy smokes. Thank God. Magical, magical episode 56. Can you imagine? Can <laughs> it's you, another can you fine imagine? episode. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, you know, honestly, 28 episodes ago, mm, in my wildest dreams, yes. Okay. In Fi- my wildest 56 only in is the when the magic's going to start happening, though, so stay tuned. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's all going to click into place. Oh, man. <laughs> so yeah. we're going to figure this stuff out. Hang in there. Hang in there. The 30s and 40s... Mm, if the previous twenty-seven didn't get a, didn't get us over the edge, I think this is going to be the one. It's you should check it out, episode twenty-eight. My name is Jay. I'm Nick, and I am Greg. And without further ado, uh, Greg, I believe you've been listening to a new release. I have. This week. It's your segment. Go for it. Man. Everybody have a good week. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Awesome. So uh, yeah. last week uh, we saw the release of the fourth. Tame Impala album. Mm-hmm. Very excited about this, this one. Very indeed. excited. The Slow hey. Rush, which mm-hmm. now, you know, I've been listening to these guys, as I know you have, for years. Lonerism, when it came out, was, that was their second record. Yeah. Really, really caused a lot of damage, you know, really opened up a lot of people. And uh, their first record is also, uh, Inner Speaker is amazing. Currents came good, out. It was I, a good kind of damage. Yeah, exactly. Currents came out, that, their third album, and um, I Oof. remember I, I didn't get into it at first, but then as time went on, I actually grew to love it as much as the other two. So that's why coming into this one, I'm like, okay, well, uh, you know, first listen, am I going to love it? I don't know. On the 20th, am I going to love it? Chances are, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, that's just, Give it time. That, Give it time. That's that's the pattern I've had with uh, this band, which is actually not necessarily a band. It's actually Kevin no. Parker's studio project. Um, Kevin mm-hmm. Parker is in uh, from Melbourne, Australia, I believe, or no, 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 Perth. Excuse me, Perth. Yep. Australia, a very talented, very talented cat. And um, so, without too much further ado, Jay, I'd love to play a sample so that everybody knows what we're talking about here. Sure, what what song is this? Borderline. Borderline. Yeah. Love it. I absolutely love that song. I, I've really, really, really enjoyed the album so far. That's awesome. Have you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed Currents a lot. I mean, a lot of it was on rec- strong recommendations from folks like you guys, but that it's one of those records that always kind of ends up cropping up in my uh, listen to while I'm working or slaving away mm-hmm. playlist. But uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this album. It's mm. pretty 
pretty adventurous. Currents. Yeah, cur- Currents yeah. was fantastic. First, that I was going to say, like, it took me a month to get past the first song because I just listened to that joint on repeat. <laughs> that that that's I, I, that song is a masterpiece. Let it happen. Oh, oh yeah. Man. It's um, true. It's true. It really is. And you know, it's funny. Be- <laughs> I, I liked it when it came out, but it wasn't until like that record was maybe two or three years old. And I heard that song again and let's just say an altered state. And it, <laughs> that's what I really it was like, Whoa, this yeah. is, <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so this record, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to review it with you guys. That'd be fun. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you know I, what? But there's so many there's so many album reviews out now though. There's so many websites. There's, I mean, there's a hundred reviews we could read, right? A lot of influencers out there. A lot of people. So with many opinions. influencers. Right. And I th- I thought it might be more fun if rather than us review the album. I'm listening. Me, okay. Yeah. Do I have your attention? We're here. I do. We or could. You, why, you do. why don't we review <laughs> the Pitchfork review of Ooh. this album? <gasps> Pitchfork. Oh my goodness! My favorite I, website. Is right. this a periodical? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so Pitchfork. You know, if if you guys don't know out there, it's a it's a website and blog, whatever. You know, and these people are like music pretty reviews. critical and yeah, music reviews by people who you that know, are our age and have. Opinions. I don't know. Who, I don't know who they are. I don't it's, know who it's they a, are. It's a rebel hipster collective. Right, that uh, has okay. somehow garnered enough uh, clicks to, you know, share their and disseminate their. Well, I, I'm sorry, Greg. They're often Go correct on. Go in on. their reviews, so. It's, <laughs> but they've it's also popular, they've also, right? well, it's gotten popular. But you know, I've oh, also it's read, real popular. I, I also have met artists that were like, yeah, we got you know, we put a record out that we were really proud of, and Pitchfork didn't give it a good review, and. That was basically Pit- the end of the band. You know what I'm like? Pitchfork ah. said something negative about somebody? Yeah, what? and it's like, who said that? Who said That's something about you? That's not the Pitchfork you, you know? I know. <laughs> All right. But anyway, anyway, let's review the Pitchfork review. I love oh. it, man. All right. How about, let's make, let, so it's let's a make thing? it a game. Let's make it a game. Let's, a game? I want to give, <gasps> give, you know what? I'm flipping the script. I want to give them a score. How about that, Pitchfork? <laughs> you want to score? Huh? I love it. I love yeah. it, man. Can I, is this the start of this podcast? This is like a dream of mine. So I get awesome. to redeem I, myself Greg, from I, the game last week. Is that? Can I? Is there winners? Or we're rating? <laughs> what are we doing? You. This is a you game. You almost won last week, but this is a new game. This is a new game. <laughs> I want. I need a theme song. Jay, you got a theme song for me? Come on. Ah, uh, let me. Yes, Come I on. actually. Do I, right I know you got something. It's up gonna there. be perfect. Here we go. Yeah. Hey. Welcome to review the review. Right, you should check it out. Sponsored by Perfect. And without and further ado, here's your announcer, Greg <laughs> Loman. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Everybody's here. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Ladies, oh, ladies, 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 Greg. please. Please, please. Ladies. Oh boy. <laughs> Did someone's buzzer just go off? <laughs> So here's the deal. Okay. I'm going to bring up a point that was brought up in the Pitchfork review, and you can either agree or disagree with it. Well, this will and be if, easy. Yes, exactly. So first point. So in the Pitchfork review of The Slow Rush by Tim Impala, written by Jillian Mapes, senior Jill. editor, it, well, she, she says, think of this record as psychedelia for people with meditation apps and vape pens. Instead of opening your mind, okay. you're just trying to silence it. I'd like to buzz. I'd like to buzz in if I could, Greg. Permission to buzz. 
Okay. Now, this was in like what the second paragraph of this review? Opening paragraph. First, the first. Oh, it was the yes. first paragraph. This would have right. been like the so conclusion of the thesis even statement. Get out the, yeah. They couldn't even get out the gate without making fun of somebody, right? Right. And what's so funny to me about this is that the very people that would be writing this review are the very people that would be using meditation apps and vape pens. I bet she was listening to Sam Harris and smoking a Nord while writing this very article. Oh, yeah? I'm sorry, Miss Mapes. I happen to like both of those things. Yeah, you do. That's also where you thought of this rant. And I also During your happen to like app, this right? Tame and Palo <laughs> album quite a bit. Uh-huh. So, although I disagree fiercely with your character, <laughs> with your accurate depiction of me, let me finish, sir. Let me finish. Can I buzz? Although <laughs> I agree with your very accurate dis- depiction of the people who will like this album, I disagree strongly with the tone and the antagonism with which you presented it. So, I give to you. A zero. Okay. No, no point so, for me on that point. So he doesn't get a point. Nick, you're up. I'll let the haughtiness speak for itself. I think they nailed it on the head here, and Jay's pretty offended because he probably was smoking a vape pen and just had wrapped up a meditation <laughs> app when he was listening to the album and read it. So I, I think for accuracy's sake, it's probably it's probably right on the money. Probably right on the money. All right. Okay. So you. So one, one point so far. <laughs> and Greg, I'm gonna have to say, I think that when a a site like this is talking about music and art, and then they're saying like, "Well, it's for these people." Ah. I just, I just don't like that, man. I just like, wh- why can't it just be for everyone? It's a negative ah. attitude, isn't it? No Greg? point for me. No point for me. No. Yay. So okay. I have a point, right? Next I have point. a point. Do I have a point? I got a point, right? No, you nope. don't get a point. The review gets a point. <laughs> That's right. Pitchfork gets one point. I have one. It's not that so hard. Jay has zero and Greg has zero. No. Okay, I'm winning. No, 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 no we're not. Yeah, no, I'm we're, winning. We're more like, prox- we're, we're like proxies. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so <laughs> second point. All right. They mentioned that Kevin Parker, in making his records, has become quite a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And... They say that the tinkering has paid off. Now, we've all put out projects of our own. Mm-hmm. We all know sometimes when it, when it's time to take the cookies out of the oven, you know, and other times when they've been in there a little too long. Mm-hmm. My question to you guys is, was there too much tinkering? Is the perfectionism paying off? Ooh. Okay. Nick? Jay, you're oh. up. Oh, oh, oh. Sure. Yeah, let's keep let's keep the rotation going. Here, let me buzz in just. To... Yes, I worked all afternoon on that buzzer. Yeah, is there Sounds too great. is there too much tinkering? Uh, le- let me. Um, it, is the pitchfork review, in your opinion, Greg, trying to say that there was too much tinkering? Because that's kind of what I got. From Not it. necessarily. No. No, she specifically it's, says it's it's it's, it's, yeah, it's saying to sorry. me that there was. Just the enough. Em- the perfect amount of tinkering. Yeah, the perfect amount of, uh, yeah, being Well, you know what? I mean, we kind of had a brief discussion about this on an earlier podcast, and I made the point, which I still believe in, that, um, you know, artists at some point have to know when to when to cut that off, and, and it's a hard decision to make because you never know until 
you're in hindsight, and you, but it sounds like this guy went through a process where he heard it in public and he heard some some reactions and didn't like it and wanted to go back and revisit. But you know what? End of the day, I love the album. I, it was worth the extra two months for me, so I guess that's on the money. Hmm. Okay. Nick? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised she didn't cite us here because we really did. We really did cover this pretty much <laughs> on the money. Like, because the, 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 right, right? Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, it's definitely not my favorite Tame Impala album. Okay. Uh, thus far, it's th- my least favorite. I'm listening, I'm continuing to listen to it, and I can hear the guy spent a lot of time, like, I mean, you can really hear how much time he spent, like, he, he just went out and DJed for, like, eight months, two years ago, mm-hmm. or something like that, as kind of, like, a side thing. So, it's, I'm just feeling like, I'm just, there's such an onslaught of sound going on that I'm still trying to digest everything that's coming at me. Um, there's a lot going on. And and so it very well to 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 Greg's point very well may become something that I that I you know absolutely love. I'm still making my way through that at this point. I, I think that it, it's his decision, right? This is his work. So the perfect amount of tinkering. If he decided this is the time to release it, this is this is his body of work, and I, I'm definitely not taking issue with that. But to the but to the reviewers but to the reviewers' point, I do think it's a cohesive, consistent sound. So I would say point that sounds like a point right on all right two um, for two on that one. well yeah yeah so this is where i can break the uh the tie Ooh. yes he did tinker a lot and it is completely his project but it's also kind of like why would you even bother quite talking about his process you know just talk about the the product the product why is the process a necessary point of criticism that's fair okay yes so no point for me point, wow a point okay. of criticism was it a criticism no it was just it was an observation but i just don't even care for the observation i think greg's like, saying what do you care about the way in which it was made review yeah. your job as a critic is to review the product right yeah okay. you're criticizing the way he made it or you're commenting on the way he made it. it's like oh clearly all the tinkering paid off it's like who cares what you think like about the tinkering <laughs> like talk about the song you know anyway okay that's that's how I, that's how i feel about it all right fair enough fair yeah. enough your game am i still winning yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right third point they say he's decidedly more upbeat on this one this is a decidedly more upbeat parker they say talking hmm. about there's another person firmly in the frame with him now and implied we, as, as the newlywed Parker, sees the next 50-ish years spread out in front of him. Imagining kids coming to terms with the choices he's made the whole bit. Okay, I, I need to buzz in on this. And this is like one of the things, and I think this actually goes to your last point, Greg. I think this touches on that. Because if you're reviewing the substance of the music and the substance of the lyrics, which is your job as a critic, then do that. Like, I don't, I'm not coming to your site, like, I don't care about the reviewer's take on Kevin Parker's opinions, right? right? So it sounds to me, to answer the question, Greg, it sounds to me like he is more upbeat and he is more optimistic than I've heard him in previous albums, right? Mm-hmm. But this reviewer throws that back in his face by kind of saying, like, 
oh, well, he's, like, clearly on this, like, new age trend and, like, falling in with these, like, these meditation apps and crap like that. Like, kind of crapping on what, to me, sounds like obvious steps forward that he's made in his life. Positive steps. So, that, to me, is the kind of, like, I don't need Pitchfork's editor to inject her opinion of what Kevin Parker's going through. I right. want you to talk about the music because that's supposedly your job. So that mm-hmm. would get a definite, definite prices wrong mm-hmm. for me. Wow. So that's been zero points from you overall, right? No, he, had, he gave it. No, uh, no, no, no. I, I gave the oh, uh, got, perfectionism. The, the perfectionism. Is good. Yeah. <laughs> and d- okay, gotcha. I'm just having trouble keeping track here. <laughs> now, Nick, did you give a point for the last one or I did. not? Oh. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's the. So you you did you break the tie or I can't remember. You didn't okay, give a no, point. No, no, I right? didn't realize. Right. Okay. Okay. No, I did not. I didn't. I I, I miscounted that's that all time. Right. all right. So you're up. Yes. Okay. So wow. Wow. I take issue with absolutely everything Jay just said. Um, the, wow. I feel like you're project. You are projecting hostility onto this that does not exist. <laughs> <clears throat> I feel like that hostility comes from you. A job of a reviewer. A job of a reviewer mm-hmm. is to characterize. The artist and what's going wait, on in this album. Wait, wait, Let me wait, say, wait, hey, wait, I didn't wait. interrupt you, and I took issue with all of that. So you shut up for a second. So wow, the the, <laughs> the to not okay, talk. They're a fun game. To, yeah, where's the audience to, at? I need to. Sorry, sorry, Dave. Yeah. How like to write a review? You have to create a narrative. To create a narrative, you have to discuss the artists that participated in the process of creating the record. How could that not be relevant? I I agree. It is a more upbeat album, and I was actually interested to be like, oh, he got married. That explains some of the the the, the usage of the word we, because I was a bit confused, um, like if he was working with a collaborator or I genuinely was. So for me, it was like, that kind of helps me characterize in my mind where he is in his life, which is actually one of the reasons I like reading the review, because it's it's a little bit more of a backstory into who went, what went into the article or what went into the I album. I don't care if he gives... I don't care if she gives backstory on what Kevin Parker's doing in his life. Right, but you, like I don't. But the hostility that you're projecting is, I, I think, I, I took that as a, like a compliment. Like he's in a better place, and it's more optimistic. You read that from the article. That's the way I took. When I read that, I, I I was like, okay. I read that as it's more optimistic, and why not? Because he's got like a new life ahead of him and a partner, and he's thinking about things like the rest of his life, and that's exciting. And it just came off as snark to me. I, it sounded to me like she was being snarky about it. I, I like that's yeah. I understand. I feel like that's projection. And that's projection. I didn't. I didn't. Well, I didn't. I feel like that's you projecting on me, man. Because. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'll give it a point. No, I okay, okay, okay. That's a fair point, but like, okay, let's let's pretend that Kevin Parker was trying to get sober, right? Okay. And you know, so he and he writes this confessional album about uh, you know the steps that he's made and and the that's a really kind of personal thing to do to put out as an artist to 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 sit there and say here's my life as it is right now here are the things that I've been going through these are some things that I'm happy about and some advances that I made and then to me to to complete the analogy the pitchfork editor here would be. Ha, isn't that cool that he's getting sober now? 
like all these other guys, like getting sober is the new cool thing to do in LA. That's you know? tough. Like that's, I mean, you're put you're putting a that's tone. That's the tone. Of, that's but that was the tone of the of the article, and that's what we're reviewing, right? We're reviewing the review. Absolutely. This is true. Absolutely. Um, Am I totally off base on that, Greg? Do you think? Hey, listen, like a- man. Look, if that's how if that's how you read it. Now, I do happen to understand that you might have a little bit of a bias against Pitchfork. I've and, just I've read plenty of snarky I hate Pitchfork. Pitchfork. Art- I know, and I've read so <laughs> many articles from Pitchfork that are just mean. And I definitely would get on board with saying like that was an unnecessary dig. I just think you're taking all of that and projecting it onto this review because I didn't read any. I just thought this was like a nice review that didn't happen to make the best of, best new release list. That's that's totally fair. And we should be clear: this album was given an eight from Pitchfork. Oh uh, yes, we should, which have is like that. basically given like nine stars from Rolling Stone. I mean, you just right. you don't get an eight from Pitchfork for pretty much anything right. these days so they know um, when not to cross the, so, indie, the hipsters so, so what do you say where, where, where are you at yeah, yeah sorry yeah or nay um yeah i i agree it's a more upbeat album okay so that's a point <laughs> thank god i guess i i can see what you're talking about jay how you know that's it, it's like this pseudo window into like his life and she she acts like she knows what he's going through you yeah. know and the truth is that you know the answer is in the music, and uh, to, to, okay, to me it felt like Pitchfork's job is to find flaws. You know, it's not really to give an honest critique. They just want to find flaws and just like break things down a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And knock people down. Pegs, it's easier. You know? It's easier to break things down. They, than to build like, people I feel up. like it's better for them if this record sucks. Yes, absolutely. More you close. know, I, but. They're having trouble finding things that are wrong with it, you know? So, because even there's one line where she said, Parker toggles between positive and negative thoughts as usual. Which it is. Which is sort of a dig. It's a there much, you go. It's a much less lonely album. Right, I'm not done. I'm not done. But then she says, <laughs> but I was at cut least off so many times, like he, I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm okay. just kidding. But at least he sounds like he's genuinely having fun. I would have to say for this one, though, I'll give him a point because I didn't give him a point. The other two wow. Did you find it more upbeat, Greg? Genuine, like, well, it, if if that was whether the point, it's yeah. the music feels more upbeat, but to be honest, I haven't wrapped my head around all the lyrics, so I can't say for that. And I will say that the last song is pretty dark, mm-hmm. so like, at least musically. So That's a busy song. Yeah, well, so we'll we'll have to see how all that. But I but I will, however, I okay. So we just had nine slots for points right um and we're gonna even it out with 10 so let's see i'm gonna give them a zero for the end (laughs) well well, can we make the last point and greg it'll be totally your call but do you agree with the overall rating of the review well all right yeah i guess i i guess i agree with the overall rating wow okay it's pretty good i an eight's pretty solid so all right so, so there you go so that gives us a 6 out of 10 for the Pitchfork review. You know what? I'm okay with that. Because yeah. after all of this, after all of this, I didn't think it was a ter- it was it wasn't the worst Pitchfork review. No, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. But I would be remiss like I laid there like on the couch last night like thinking like, "Oh wow, this is really cool. This is this guy coming out of his shell a little bit and and speaking a little bit more personally." Mm-hmm. And so to read the article and then to see 
kind of like the little subtle digs like Greg was talking about. The little subtle digs that they put in there, that that gets under my skin a little bit. That's the last thing I'll say. Mm-hmm. And, and okay. I, I think the reason why, like, I read this and I'm like, this is how I think. I, I, I think, like, I try to get myself into the head of the person that's doing this. I try to think about where they are in their life. And I try to think about, like, how that influence. I mean, a lot of the times when I'm talking on the show it's kind of like imagining like imagining where this person is and maybe this is what they're going through i think i did it with fripp last week about you know just kind of where his mindset is so i just feel like i for me it helps contextualize at least aspects of it i i didn't i like i said i've read and i'm sure we will do more of these and we will have other reviews that will have a, a fun payload of snark um oh this I, is definitely a, a segment that's coming back yeah, but I I didn't nice. uh, I didn't get any of that from this. I actually even at the end, the, the, like the only she even says the worst thing you can say is that it's the the songs are so epic sounding that sometimes it gets to be a little much. I thought right you guys would take issue with that, but <laughs> it was probably just the vape pen comment at the beginning. Just I know that definitely mood. that definitely put you right right out of the gate. You felt attacked. You felt like you were being attacked. Don't put Jay in a corner. I will say this Don't too. Don't put Jay in a corner. They definitely they now we all know now that it is just Kevin Parker's project and he's the only person making this music. Right. But it's just funny how they really center they make it all about him and like what's it's almost like uh paparazzi-esque, you know, and like yeah. um, But it is just him. How they're trying they're trying to uncover some stuff and you know what? Look, man, I I've been in LA a little a little bit. I've heard some stories and I don't think that she's heard the same stories. So some of this stuff is kind of contradicting okay. what I know. We got a scoop. You know what I'm saying? Break, break some news. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so well, that, that, that part of it, that part of it kind of, you know, well, whatever. I, I think it was a fantastic album. I, I it is. I wish uh, Pitchfork the best. <laughs> no, They'll don't. be around. They'll stay around. No, <laughs> I do because I'm better than them. And I would <laughs> genuinely wish that Pitchfork.com has a great 2020. I hope that, they do really have well. Have they ever reviewed a Ryan Adams album? No, I'm oh, I'm sure they have. That might, that, that might make your brain explode. Two points. Right. <laughs> what, an acoustic guitar? Oh, that's original. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Greg, thank you for that. <laughs> you got it. Um, anytime you want to review any kind of review, whether it be Pitchfork or, you know, back in the day, Nick, you and I used to, allmusic.com. Stephen Thomas Rowine. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Used to love that guy. He actually still writes. You, you see his was, name crop up every once in a while. He's, every ri- once he's in a written while. for Pitchfork. Are you serious? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's on Pitchfork. He's a writer. You have to find yeah. one of those. Yeah. <laughs> he was kind of the guy, the critic that originally got me really angry. At yeah, you hated, you hated him, right? He would just, and it was the same thing. He would try to inject his little personal opinions while reviewing a, a classic album. Yeah. Oy. Anyway. <laughs> <Right on. laughs> oh, so, that was good. Uh, guys, I think I'm up next. I I wanted to talk about this last week. This is a pretty big deal. Um, as you all know, music on vinyl, old LPs, uh, 12-inch records, um, have been on a bit of an ascendancy for the past 10 years. Really, uh, they've kind of been Gee. one of the highlights of the music industry, you know, for the past 10 years, the one growth segment of the, of the industry. Mm-hmm. They still only yeah. account for something like 4% of total 
album sales, but huh. um, over the past 10 years or so, it's been a pretty steady, steady incline. And I think that has to do, you know, if, if anybody collects vinyl out there, um, you know, it has to do with holding a physical object in your hand. It's, uh, it's just something more substantial. If you're going to go out there and pay for an album, it's nice to have something, have the artwork that you can look at, have the liner notes, mm-hmm. the whole thing. So, of course, it, that's it was a whole really, experience. Exactly, exactly. It was a really big shame two weeks ago, February 6th, uh, a record company called Apollo Masters, unfortunately, their warehouse in Banning, California, was completely destroyed in a fire. Oh, and I mean, luckily, no, nobody was injured in the blaze, but the facility was completely destroyed. And, you know, when you first see the headline, well, it doesn't seem, I mean, it's a terrible tragedy, of course, but it doesn't seem like that big of a deal because there are record pressing plants cropping up all across the United States and worldwide. Places out there that can, you know, you can hop online and and you can submit your music and get it stamped to vinyl. Uh, So what's the big deal about this place burning down? Well, it turns out that this place, Apollo Mastering, is... Uh, one of two places in the entire world that um, really perfected the process of making lacquer masters. And it's a really mm. kind of arcane process, but basically the lacquers are the metal, the metal discs on which the master cut is made and from mm-hmm. which all subsequent copies are made. So right. once, you've, once you've made a lacquer master copy... Then you can stamp as many, you know, vinyl records as you want. That's kind of the cheap part. The expensive part is this lacquer part. And mm. uh, so they and this place in Japan, they basically have been supplying the lacquers to all of the record companies throughout the world. And now they're gone. And this is a really big deal. I mean, you hear uh, the, uh, the guy who's in charge of pressing for Third Man Records, um, Jack White's, um, operation yeah. down in Nashville. I yep. was um, talking about that. This is this is a, a significant, yeah. devastating event in in uh, hmm. the production of vinyl records. So it's it's really kind of sad to see. And the yeah, other it's... the other real downside is you know you would think okay well their facility was destroyed but obviously the demand is there. Yeah. But the problem is they work in California, and this process is kind of patented and and very labor-intensive, and involves, unfortunately, a lot of chemicals. So what they're worried about is that, you know, they were kind of grandfathered in, but now is California um, going to let them oh. rebuild and, and start this whole thing up again because of the chemi- the caustic chemicals that are like involved? The state EPA in, stuff? In the whole process. Right. So it's it's a really sad situation. You know, it's funny, man. I It, it reminds me of something I heard last week, some article saying, like, okay, most of your stuff in your house is not valuable. There's mm-hmm. most of the random stuff mm-hmm. that people keep, whether it's china, uh, you know what sure. I mean, different like plates and whatever. The three things that you should keep though are gems, any <laughs> okay. like gems or anything like that. Sure. Guns <laughs> and vinyl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like those are the things that are like worth <laughs> hanging on to. <laughs> 
I take issue. Can cool. I, I would I would put zero points for that writer. That well, <laughs> that's, that, that might be that might be true, but uh, it was just saying like it was basically kind of an anti hoarding. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. You know, it's, it's a situation. Yeah, but but the point is though. I mean, well, look, I don't have the, any gyms or guns, but I got plenty of vinyl, so I'm ready right, for the right. end well, times. Man. That's exactly that's exactly what I took away. I was like, at least I got one for three. <laughs> I'm an investment genius. Yeah. <laughs> I got my gyms. <laughs> I got my gems and my goods. Gems, guns, and vinyl. It's like yeah. a bad, bad yeah. record from the '80s. So, <laughs> what about you, Nick? I know Greg. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a pretty decent vinyl collection. I've been um, collecting vinyl for a while. Nick, you, you got any other than the Sleepers album that we made? I, I do. I've got, I've got them by, behind me here, actually. Oh, in the airplane over the oh. over the sea and Fleet Foxes. Bo- Boney, no, Bon Iver. <laughs> that's oh, that's Bon Iver, man. Even I know this. Yeah, there's two Bon Iver. <laughs> I do. I do. If I really like it. I do. I do. <laughs> the pitch, if I really pitch like it, greatest hits. I'll grab the vinyl because it's a it's beautiful. Oh. It's beautiful. Yeah, I got. It is. Actually, yeah, I do. I have. Uh, I've got. <laughs> I've got uh, pitchforks. The best of pitchfork reviews, uh, as read by yeah. William Shatner on vinyl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is it just them commenting over top of he while the album sing plays in the background? It. He sing talks it. Yeah. It's pretty. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's good. Oh, good times. Well, sad times for the vinyl industry. I hope that, that stinks. somebody Aww. steps steps into the void you there. You gotta think. You gotta it, think. There's gonna be an upstart that like isn't in California that sees that. You know what I mean? Some like just in time production process. And that's what a lot process. of people are saying. It's people are saying, happen. but there's just so much money for they this say out it's, there. They say it's such a specialized process, and this is just a, like one little cog in the wheel. You know, mm-hmm. it's just the right. there's only a few people a handful of people that actually know this process but when we got ours pressed it didn't involve a lacquer master correct it did it did i have them sitting back behind me the lacquer master oh i thought i thought i thought that was an alternative to a metal master press nope nope that is the metal master press i still have it wow um and it turns you know they don't yeah it's just like it's this process of applying the lacquer to these metal discs that's wow. such a special process because it can't it has to be absolutely perfect no ripples no dents no or, orange peels no bubbles right anything it has to be 100 percent, and they have to do it over and over and over and over and over again so it's just a really specialized process so mm. <sighs> cool. so anyway so some music can we play some music please yeah please. do it some non-controversial music okay. uh sharon van etten uh one of my favorite artists uh who in an earlier iteration of the podcast I did an entire hour on. Yeah. Nick, you and me. Yes, indeed. Um, talking about her 2014 album, Are We There? Mm-hmm. Uh, she just came out with a new single. It's called Beaten Down. I really like it. Very cool. Let's give it a listen. And I thought I'd give that a spin. Please.
nice. Big old nice. heart ain't beaten down. Really like Who is pretty it? much Who is Sh- it? Sharon Van Etten. And and you caught her on a Ooh. Twin Peaks episode, right? Is that correct? Is that her? That's how yeah, that's how I first found out about her. She she was she playing into the Blue um, Lodge or the <laughs> what was the Exactly, yeah. She was playing at she was playing at the Roadhouse. Yep. The Roadhouse. And, uh, just this just just this beautiful, gorgeous song I had to learn more about and uh checked out the album and loved it. Was that in the news Twin Peaks? Yeah, yes. yeah, the the the, yeah. the redone version. I told Jay, I told Jay this, but there's an actress from that show that I saw a bunch of times out here. Laura Dern. Who's more Madeline Madeline Zima? Oh, Maddie, mm-hmm. how's she doing? Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, uh, tell her I said hi. I think she's awesome. doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> she seemed to be doing well. Good. Uh, yeah. Nick, what you got for us, hey, man? Hey guys. Um, well, this actually works perfectly because we're we're running a little long. I, I came across a little, a little bit, <laughs> but it, so this won't this won't be long. But I'll wrap this up. Um, I came across uh, an article about a um, a documentary that's going to be coming out in a bit uh, called "Once We Were Brothers," and this is about yeah. this is about Robbie Robertson, and this is a guy that and, and you know I I know enough about you know he's the band and he played with Dylan. I knew he played with Clapton a little bit and some something about Scorsese. I've actually heard you guys talk more about him than I've ever paid attention to very much. Or, you know, um, He's a guitar player. He's a guitar player yeah. from Canada who yeah. has just found his way in like the right place at the right time, which is... But see, that's not a fair characterization. This guy's a talented dude. Yeah. Um, and so the first thing was that he's got this, this, this pretty cool documentary coming out. But I started reading more about him and... and, and and just kind of understand his story because again he's always just this for me he's always been this sidekick role that's just there yeah. in all of these important places and times and in, in, in yeah in he music never history. really had never really had like a breakout single hit outside of the band right obviously yeah right so um so i went ahead and gave the uh, the song that he wrote for the which which will be my pick when we're going out but i went ahead and gave the song that he wrote for this uh, documentary a listen and what a fantastic song! It's it's also called "Once We Were Brothers," and kind of like the the tone of it was, you know, we used to be friends and and that was a great time, but we're not anymore. And it's it was like this sad, melancholy, kind of follow up, um, almost kind of like a like a like a like a period on a music career. Yeah. Um, and, and I just realized I really never gave this guy much of a of a dedicated listen. So I had a question if you guys. Or, or willing, do you, Please. what would you recommend? Somebody who wants to know or listen to some pivotal Robbie Robertson. It doesn't have to be solo stuff because I understand it really. He didn't even start doing solo records until '87, and he'd been out yeah. since like '62 or something like that. So, yeah. Um, for me, I mean, first of all, besides having the most redundant name in music, <laughs> well, um, heads up, heads up. Because all right, I, Mr. Pitchfork. I need to say this: his name is his name. His birth name was. Uh, what is it? Jamie Royal Klegerman. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. I wah, like Robbie Robertson. Where's the rap? Where's the prices right? <laughs> Jamie uh, Royal Klegerman. Kidding, yeah. Anyway, he, so um, he picked Robbie Robertson. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but listen, I'm saying I'm saying this as a fan, which I didn't want to be a fan of his because he seemed like kind of a jerk. Yeah. You know, it just he, he's got. See, I didn't I, even know that. He just kind of has it. I don't know what it is, but um, I would say that if you want to get down on some Robbie Robertson and the band. You just got very simply just watch the last waltz. Just watch the last waltz. Okay. The last waltz. Wait, Nick, you've never seen the last waltz? I have. I have the, not. Yeah. Wow. The last okay. waltz is like that. That's when you see like oh well because the band you know 
it, the band, it's funny because I feel like the heart of the band was Levon Helm, mm-hmm. the drummer mm-hmm. who sang. He was the only American in the band. But he was really close be, friends uh, with Robbie Robertson from what I've read. Like yeah. Robertson sure. brought yeah, yeah, him yeah, to yeah. Dylan I, and like. Right. right. Yeah. But, what I'm, but my point is that Robbie is Canadian, right? He is. Along the with, the, band along is with the rest of the band. Person, but they were all but like yeah. kind of. <laughs> no, but they were writing songs about the South and stuff. And uh, it's like, why are you. Yeah. Like, why I are see. you. What gives you the cred sure. to. Like there's there's singing songs about Robert Robert E Lee, uh-huh. you know, and it's like what has, it gives you the cred? Okay, well that explains his, about that. his like his relationship with Dylan, then I guess right. <laughs> right, <laughs> well, and with Levon, yourself into some other I think, characters. I think, I think I think Levon Levon was kind of the Neil Peart of the band. He was a drummer and lyricist. Oh wow, you know, and I think Robbie. I I, I, know, I could be wrong about I that. Would, actually. I would I would push back on that. Split. Great. Yeah, yeah. Robbie split. Robertson did split. a lot of the lyrics, especially. Never mind. And pivotally, the weight. Right. And the night it they was, old they drove old Dixie down was a yes, Robbie Robertson. Yes. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know how he got the first line for the weight, like drove down know. to Nazareth. Yeah. You know how? This yeah. is a great story. He was playing. He was writing it on a Martin. And you look at him. If you ever pick up a Martin guitar, mm-hmm. it's like made in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Right. <laughs> Nazareth, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and and that's he's Love like it. literally. I looked at it. He's like, oh Nazareth. Love it. And he Love like it. wrote the lyric. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, anyway. Uh, yeah. He's cool. I, I would totally echo everything that Greg just said. I mean, it, the guy can't really be viewed outside of the context of the band, mm-hmm. you know, for better or for worse. He he hasn't had a real steady uh, solo career, although he's done a lot of stuff. He's scored a, a lot of, of movies and done a lot of really kind of interesting side work. I was certainly introduced to him as a member of the band and was kind of unimpressed with him as a guitar player. And kind of like Greg said, as a person, he's kind of a, he can be kind of a, a jerk. <laughs> but okay. the the music of the band has just been something that I have really in the last five years just kind of grown really in love with. And it, it's amazing that a band that is so Canadian, outside of Levon Helm, produced the type of music that they did at the time they did they did. And had the the influence they did on mm-hmm. musical culture and the rest of you know Eric Clapton says up and down one of his favorite albums of all time is the first band album the band and that it changed the entire course of his career once because he was still in Cream when that album came out that's like when he left and, right didn't he say something yeah about he, he yeah he said once he heard that first album by the band everything I was doing was absolute garbage. Wow. And I had to like hmm. throw it all away and just start over again because this is real. This was real music. So would that be the album real... pick that you would recommend if you had to pick an album from the band? What would you pick? You can't go wrong with the first two. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, music from Big Pink and the band. I think you might like music from Big Big Pink a little bit more, Nick. Okay. But you know, I would also the next two or three band albums. Um, Stage Fright is fantastic. They're all great, you know, and it, it, even if you just go with the greatest hits, you're going to you're going to get a pretty good rundown and, you know, try to listen to them outside of like hearing those singles on classic rock radio. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like really go into like they're really different songs and all of their songs have like a little bit of a a little twist to them that is some, you know, some bridge or something like that that just takes them in a completely different place that you never hear any other band go to. Is it is it the type that require is it like a nuance that you won't get on first listen or like each song Sometimes. just has a different okay 
Sometimes, cool. but it's usually pretty obvious. I mean, they'll just have like this, like, like I said, a bridge that's only clarinets and hmm. like a violin, you know, do in a completely different key. And I would also say the other heartbeat of that band is Rick Danko, the bass player. And, you yeah. know, another cool thing about that, the band, I can go on fucking all night about this, but everyone, every member of that band except for garth hudson the crazy organist player sang you know and has right. a hit song wow as the lead singer of the band which there's not too many other five six-piece bands out there that yeah no have kidding a resume like that so right now they're a very special very special outfit yeah very special cool well thank you and That's... robbie robertson is is a fantastic guitar player and he's really grown as a solo musician he has a couple great albums in the 90s and and the stuff that he's doing now is really very cool and very mature and I, I really like it a lot yeah i've grown to like him a lot the older i've gotten as well so even though i may, I may have my original my original take on him might have been like who is this guy and like why is he he just kind of has a cocky thing about him yeah but he backs it up he's he's, he's super creative very talented cat and uh, after i saw the last waltz i was like okay i get it now awesome yeah that's exactly what i was hoping for guys thank you so much <laughs> right on of course my pleasure Alrighty, yeah. So then, I guess all we got to do is is play our outro. This is um, this is once we were brothers. Uh, it's the sound. It's from the soundtrack of the film of the same name coming out February twenty first. Uh, hope you guys have a great week. Thanks, same buddy. To you, you too. Peace out. See you next week. See you. Late. When the curtain comes down, we let go of the past. Tomorrow's another day Some things weren't meant to last When the curtain comes down On the final act And you know, you know deep inside There's no going back Once we're brothers There's no more We lost our way